0: One of the greatest baseball players of all time was Yogi Berra. He played uh, for the New York Yankees, played with the Yankees over 18 seasons, and he was a perennial all-star, and won 10 world championships more than any other player. He was a phenomenal catcher, but he was famous beyond that for his unique personality and his sense of humor. And uh, apparently Yogi was quite a talker behind the plate and uh, he would intentionally try to uh, distract opposing batters, trying to throw them off their game with, with his banter. And in the 1958 World Series, Yogi kept telling Hank Aaron, hit with the label, up with the bat which, of course, every little leaguer learns right away, hit with a label up on the bat. And finally, Aaron turned to him and said, Yogi, I came up here to hit, not to read. (laughs) (laughs) So Hank Aaron had a pretty good sense of humor uh, as well. But Yogi had an impeccable sense of logic, and his impromptu, pithy maxims, his, uh, I think, un- unintentional witticisms are priceless. And uh, you no doubt have heard a few of these yogiisms. Like when you come to a fork in the road, take it. No one goes there nowadays, it's too crowded. Baseball's 90% mental, and the other half is physical. Nickel ain't worth a dime anymore. I usually take a two-hour nap from one to four. Okay, everybody pair up in threes. And this is my my personal favorite. Always go to other people's funerals, otherwise they won't come to yours. Such a wise man. (laughs) Well, you know, the list goes on and on. You know, you can look them up online, uh, you know. Uh, But there is one uh, yogiism that fits this particular day. Yogi is the one who coined the phrase, it ain't over till it's over. When our Lord was crucified, taken down from the cross, placed in the tomb sealed with a huge stone, it seemed that everything was now over, that what had started with such promise, the, the, new, the flowering of the new messianic age, God's rule over human hearts, the message of love and acceptance and forgiveness and hope, it just see, it, it came to an abrupt, brutal end the Messiah, the one who was hailed king on Palm Sunday, was now dead. And by the time the Roman soldiers were done with him, Jesus was deader than dead. But there's been a rather strange theory going around among those who would deny the resurrection. It was made popular by a book of now some years ago called The Passover Plot. It was actually turned into a movie. But the theory has been around for 200 years, still debated today, actually, in some circles. And in this view, Jesus only swooned on the cross. He wasn't completely dead, but rather only passed out. And then after three days, he was revived in the cool tomb. And then somehow he managed to get out of the tomb and was able to convince the disciples that he had risen from the dead. This swoon theory is based on the evidence that Jesus spent only a limited time on the cross. They cite Pontius Pilate's surprise that Jesus had died so soon. So they say, well, maybe Jesus didn't actually die. But of course, this theory is ridiculous. And uh, someone has pointed out the holes in this theory. Can you imagine that Jesus endured six trials, a crown of thorns, a Roman scourge, crucifixion, the spear on the side, loss of blood, three days without medical attention, and then overcame an armed guard, walked on pierced feet, and he somehow, and somehow or other, convinced his disciples that he conquered death and the grave, and that he was, in fact, the prince of life, that he then lived out his life in obscurity and died of natural causes." No, Jesus was deader than dead. They finished him off for good. The Roman executioners were very, very proficient at their gruesome trade. No, Jesus really died, and the Apostles' Creed seems to hammer home the point. Crucified, dead, and buried It was over. The chief priests and the scribes and the Pharisees looked at each other with a smirk on their face, a smirk of satisfaction. Ah, it's over. The distraught disciples who gathered in the upper room to mourn tried to console each other, whispering, it's over. The women who watched Jesus die in agony on the cross had come now to bring uh, spices, to anoint the dead body of their Lord, and they just shook their heads in despair. It's over. Two of the followers of Jesus were making their way home back to the village of Emmaus, and they were trying to make sense of the tragedy they had just witnessed. Stranger had pulled up alongside them to see what they were talking about, and they they just stood there long-faced. Like they had lost their best friend, and they talked about Jesus. He was a man of God, they said. He was a prophet, blessed by God, by all the people. But then our high priests and our leaders betrayed him, and they executed him. We had our hopes that this indeed was the Messiah, the one who would deliver Israel, but now he is dead. It's over. And when Jesus died on the cross, Satan himself, I'm sure, shouted with glee, It's over! Game, set, match! You're finished, Jesus. Good riddance. Victory is mine. But hey, it ain't over till it's over. Because in an utterly astounding, earth-shaking turn of events, contrary to all expectations and against all odds, Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and burst from the tomb. And the women who were expecting to find a dead body to anoint in the burial yard were the first to hear the good news from the angels, Why are you looking for the living one in a graveyard? He is not here, he's raised up just as he said. He is alive forevermore. Death could not hold him. Victory clutched from the jaws of defeat. History itself turns on this incredible event. Sin and death defeated once and for all and never again to have the last word. So that Easter reminds us that though life can be tough, And you may think you've come to the end of your hope. It ain't over till it's over. Because of Jesus' resurrection, evil and suffering and pain and death are never the end of the story. It wasn't for Jesus, and it won't be for any of us who put our trust in him. Last Monday, we all watched with horror as the Cathedral of Notre Dame was engulfed in flames. And uh, to see that beautiful church, that historical and spiritual treasure go up in smoke was absolutely sickening. And I, and no doubt all of you, we're probably saying to yourself, "It's over." And remember, at one point, the 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 the, the, uh, the firemen thought that they couldn't save the building. Thankfully, because of their brave efforts, I think you know the rest of the story. That uh, they were able to save the towers and the frame of the of the church, and the rose window was preserved, and many treasures were saved. It was an answer to prayer. The great cathedral will will certainly rise again from uh, the blackened embers. But among the images of that terrible event was this picture of the altar. You probably have seen it. And uh, just looking at this image, seems to me to be a wonderful symbol of what Easter is all about. It's about our Easter hope. That in the terrible carnage all around, in the midst of the fire and the smoke, the cross still stands, the supreme sign of God's love for us, of His everlasting presence with us, and of the hope that we have in Him. Now, this morning, we woke up to an even greater tragedy, a much worse tragedy um, you may have heard in Sri Lanka, uh, churches were bombed and tourist areas bombed. Over 200 people were killed. What, five, 600 people wounded? So I woke up to this image. But see, Easter speaks to this. Just when life seems to be going up in flames and everything is in a shambles, Just when all hope seems lost, at the very point where we we are prone to moan, it's over. The risen Christ makes his presence known, and he will make his presence known, even in the darkness of that tragedy. Because he promises always to be with us in bad times as well as the good, and he will see us through to victory. All will be well in him. He will bring light where there is darkness, and he will bring life out of death, for he himself conquered death that Easter morning. And it's not over when we and our loved ones die. A new chapter begins, a new life in heaven opens up, and we shall live forever with him. I am convinced, as I think about Sri Lanka, Think about all the, the carnage there, the churches caved in, people's lives lost. What's more precious than the human life? That that is not the end of the story. Because there is a God in heaven, because Christ rose from the dead, there is more. It's not the, their death is not the end of the story. And it's not the end of the story for those terrorists, I got to tell you that. In Christ, a new chapter begins. Death does not have the last word, not the end of the story. And I've always treasured these words from the poet uh, Emily Dickinson. This world is not conclusion. A sequel stands beyond. Invisible as music, but positive as sound. What seems like the end is not an end at all. The story goes on. There is a sequel. The story is always to be continued until God writes the final page. <clears throat> Those of you who are my age and older <laughs> will remember uh, Gracie Allen. Gracie Allen was the, the wife, sidekick of George Burns, who, among other things, played God in the movie Oh God. And Gracie Allen said, never put a period where God has placed a comma. And I've been been thinking about those words ever since. I've always loved that. that. Um, We ought to pay attention to God's punctuation. Never put a period where God has placed a comma. Jesus' crucifixion, his death, appeared to be the end of the story. Jesus breathed his last, died, crucified, dead, and buried, period. But on the third day, Christ rose from the dead, and the story goes on. And the story will continue to go on as God continues to write this story of which we are all playing a part And yes, we're going to go through some difficult times. I know many of you have. There will be loss and heartache and pain. But that is not the end of the story because of Easter, because the Lord is alive and is at work in the world and in our lives, and he will make all things together for good to those of us who love him. Be assured that the story that God is currently writing will have a happy ending. It will come to the proper conclusion. And that's where faith comes in, right? We're not quite sure how it's going to end, but God does. And that's enough for me to know. It won't be over till God says it's over. Read the back of the Bible, the book of Revelation, and you'll know how the story will end. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ, and He will reign forever and ever. If you and I give our lives over to Christ as Lord and King, as we allow Him to rule over our hearts, you and I shall have a share In the Lord's victory over sin and death. Our hope is sure. The end is not in doubt. All will be well. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Ain't over till it's over. We're still in the middle of it all. But the future is not in doubt. Praise be to God.